Jess, how does the guitar part go? Do, do, doodly do, 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 do. Pew, pew. Take my pod, take my cast. Take me where the shows don't last. I don't care, I still see episodes I pay to stream. No more din, no more moff. No more take that helmet off. Now that Mando's off Disney, you can watch Firefly with me. Gosh, can you guys believe that theme song? Before we go any further, just, oh my gosh, wow. Okay, hello and welcome to the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch, the weekly Firefly rewatch show from Twist My Arm. I am your host, Jesse Bailey, and you may know me as the overcritical Trekkie from Quest Me, the Twist My Arm Mandalorian podcast, which is available in the podcast aisle of your favorite fine retailers. My guest, as always, this week is going to be the head of the Twist My Arm Podcast Network and his co-life host, Josh Matson and Kylie. Hey. Hi. Hey, guys. That's the thing about Josh is he's the head of the network, but one place where he doesn't have any authority is the bridge of the plucky Firefly-class freighter that is known as Serenity. <laughs> That's right. Josh has never seen Serenity or Firefly, and neither has Kylie. That means that this time... Captain's Duty falls to me, and you can bet your Last Republic credits against Quatloos that that's a power that I'm going to abuse. So, Josh and Kylie, how has your trip been through the verse so far this week? Uh, man, it was it was good. It was it was good. Kylie, what did you think? It was awesome. Um, definitely different than what I would have expected. I had some preconceived notions just from what people have, you know, it's a big fandom, so lots of people <laughs> talk about it. Exactly, um, yeah. Well, that's what we're here to smash. Before we go any further, we do have one more person to introduce. Here to help us navigate the black is frequent Quest Me guest and sudden but inevitable co-host, our resident Weedonite and bona fide companion, Ricky D. Ricky, where are you? And how is your shuttle holding up this week? Uh... Currently, shuttle is holding up good. I'm traveling north through Colorado, landing right around <laughs> Loveland at the moment. Are you taking appointments? You are the show's, like I said, you're our bona fide companion. So if you need to make an appointment, get a hold of Ricky D. One way that you can get a hold of Ricky D is to go to your favorite podcast app and look up Best Flicks. That is Ricky's upcoming podcast where he breaks down all of the best curated streaming originals on all your favorite services. Ricky's a new addition to the Twist My Arm podcast. Well, not a new addition. He was a guest on Quest Me, like we said, but he's getting his own show and he's going to help us with this show because he was an awesome guest. So, well, I think it was Ricky's idea do. to do this show. Uh, when it we were was. talking on Quest Me, we were like, we had a reminiscence about Firefly, and I was like, I've never seen it. And Ricky was like, What? <laughs> Everything in The Mandalorian season two kept reminding us of Firefly. Like yeah. the ship, the, the lone guy who's on a mission and won't stop. Like, and we I like, finally okay, see that. There's a lot of parallels here. <laughs> that well, uphill see, battle. That's the thing. <laughs> right. And that was the thing is I'm like, Josh is going to appreciate this from this entirely different angle than most people would do this. Like this is everybody else is reminded of this show when they watch the Mando. And Josh is going to have the exact opposite experience where it's like, 
oh man it's so cool to see like it's like when we were watching the mando you could see the kurosawa influences you could see all of the different filmmaker influence robert rodriguez john favreau you could see their fingerprints all over it so it's i'm really excited to hear the way that you guys experience this kind of going backwards from the way that most people would so before we go any further let's do what we always do at the start of one of these shows actually you know what before we start anything how about that theme song i actually wanted to say that cool before we wait any further i wanted to give your stepdad stepdad right give him a Uh, my uncle uncle sorry sorry give your uncle a huge shout out for that theme song because it was incredible i heard it at work and was like wow that's that's great I it was yeah it was a thing where I, ha- I kind of had the idea you know a while back when we first started talking about yeah show, I remember I was like <laughs> I was like this would be really cool you know like total made up like stretch goal right like this is the 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 top level if I could wish one thing this is what I would wish for right so I my uncle was you know texting me and he was like what are you guys doing what's your next thing and I told him and I kind of mentioned it and uh He's like, well, what do you what do you want to do with it? And I was like, I don't know, just like these funny lyrics and like pretty much the song, but I don't know. I want it to sound good, you know. Yeah. And that was two nights ago, so <laughs> the turnaround on this is insane. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't even. This is yeah. I I can't wait to listen to the audio version of our own show just so I can hear that again. <laughs> I love, I love our theme song. So huge, huge thank you to Mark Cohen, my uncle. That, just amazing we can't thank you enough for your your rendition of that it's we'll come up with a perfect name for that theme song but i feel like it really gives us as the sudden but inevitable rewatch a sense of identity and just realness like this is our show you guys this is the next thing that (laughs) twist my arm is doing i'm so excited to talk about firefly with you guys and this is the first show that twist my arm has this year like the first official show that twist my arm is doing on top of i think six other shows that were debuting this year i'm not even including the seasons within podcast that would make seven shows so we're debuting six shows of streaming yeah man so there's a lot of stuff going on with the network right now and we're really excited to get it all going Um, i'm really excited to see best flicks with ricky d we got the basement sessions with uh, evan and i we got our monthly movements with Justin and Evan. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. So keep keep your eye out <coughs> Actually, on the Twist My Arm Network. Um, and follow I, can't, I was going to say, like and follow us on all those I can't believe this happened, Josh. <laughs> well, you, you forgot. I mean, you forgot to mention the Marvel Cinematic Monday. I, well, I didn't this get there is, yet. <laughs> okay. I was just going to say, like, really, with the day that this is, with the Friday that we're sitting on, you're not going to... Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not, I mean, I watched... I watched WandaVision before I watched Firefly, not going to lie to you. I woke <laughs> up and was like, I have to watch that first. And I was not disappointed, and I am extremely excited to talk about that on Monday. Actually, our first MCM is going to be this upcoming Monday with uh, with Chip. There you go. Good old Chip Dizzle. He's a frequent flyer on the Twist My Arm <laughs> podcast, and now he's going to be a permanent member of the network. So definitely excited to get, get that rolling. That's so <laughs> before we get started, normally so normally when we start one of these, we just do a really quick, like very 
fast recap of the episode so that we can kind of talk in whatever order we want about our notes. Like that way, you know, if we are reminded of something from the end of the episode, we can talk about it without feeling like we're kind of spoiling it. First, let um, me ask a question about this episode. Was this a movie or was this the like right. debut episode? Oh. Because so like because it was an hour a, and a half that's long. A really good question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is and, a good question. And it's also called Serenity. Yeah, so exactly. I'm gonna go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and let Ricky take this because he's our red, a resident Whedonite. He knows okay. all of the Firefly Whedon stuff that I don't know. Yes. So, Ricky, go ahead. This episode, Serenity, was supposed to be the first episode that aired. It was going to be a two-part special, uh, played back to back. You don't have to wait the week in between. <clears throat> two-part uh. special. It laid down all of this track for the rest of the show. We see all of the characters interacting together. You see Wash and Zoe being married and how that conflicts with Zoe and Mal's uh, relationship. Uh, you meet Jane. You I, meet Shepard Book. Uh, you meet all these characters and you get a really nice introduction to them uh, what, and how they work together on the ship. So it should have been the first episode. However, it was the last one pilot? that aired. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, so this episode didn't come out till after yeah. the first season? Uh, the end of the first season. I <laughs> well, have. I guess okay. there's only and one season, clear, right? There's only one season. There is so. only one season, and to be clear, this came out at the end of the f of the first and only season, but they didn't even air all the episodes that were made. So they just they just made the, they just put this one at the end, and we're like, okay, it's over. What kind of like, backwards ass cursed shit is this show about? <laughs> <laughs> what it was a well, time we'll get, we'll get into that because yeah. it's a whole thing it, i mean we okay. will we'll get into that okay so ricky it's just like the the very basic overview yeah give him give him the, the breakdown at the time fox was trying to get out of their kind of sci-fi shows uh like sarah connor chronicles uh how dare you <laughs> uh and <laughs> You know, Fox used to do actual TV shows. Uh, they were moving more into American <laughs> Idol, uh, America's Next Top Whoever. Well, I think that actually Chip brought that up. He was like, don't forget that Firefly got canceled for <laughs> American Idol. Yeah. Clay Aiken okay, killed Firefly. I would Firefly. like to point out... <laughs> I'd like to hashtag Clay Aiken killed Firefly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it took us 16 minutes to get a hashtag, you guys, but we did it. Um, yes. When we were talking about this, we, we have a network group chat where everybody from Twist My Arm Network talks to each other throughout the week, and we plan shows and stuff like that. And we explain to everybody, okay, <clears throat> we're going to be watching Firefly. Josh and Kylie have never seen it. Chip sent a text that read to me like the text that a father would send their child, like who was just about to graduate or something. He was like, Josh, I'm really excited for you, man, and I, you're just you're going to have so much fun and you're going to experience so many emotions, and you're going to be so mad when you find <laughs> out that they took this away from us and gave us American Idol instead. It was like, you could tell that he meant every word that he said when he sent that in the group chat. I'm already nervous about this show, because I already really like it. Kylie, yeah, what did you think about that? Like, are you hooked yeah. already? Because I'm hooked. Uh, yeah, I remember um, probably about a year or two ago, I did try to watch the series because a friend um, had um, recommended it, and I just couldn't. I just couldn't get into it. But after watching it the second time, I, I think I'm definitely hooked. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If and I could so... actually just, I want to keep dwelling on that. Uh, this episode <laughs> aired last. Uh, I do want to touch <laughs> on what order they did release in. Oh man! So starting yeah. on September twentieth of two thousand two, they started with episode two, Train Job. They moved on to episode three the next week, and then they jumped into episode six and seven. Took a two-week break, so I guess that was only one week off, uh, and got into episode nine. Then they jumped back down to episodes four and five. Uh, then up to nine, ten, they skipped eleven, twelve, thirteen. They aired 14, and then they finally aired this episode, which should have been first, which laid down all of that exposition. So okay. there was Again. never a chance for people to fall in love with this show. And uh, right. this episode aired December 20th, so the week of Christmas, where everybody's watching Christmas shows, and they're dropping right. this serenity in the middle of all of that, where nobody's going to be interested in a show that's already dead. <laughs> um so since Ricky I, I since Ricky clearly I has no emotions <laughs> about this um it's it's it really just doesn't it feel like some fox executive was like uh all right give Whedon his show that's totally fine but um my nephew is going to audition and I want him to uh play the pilot <laughs> and Whedon saw the kid and was like no get out get out like, you're so, no, this isn't going to happen. And the executive somehow didn't find out until, like, right before the show went to air. He was like, oh, here comes my nephew's show. And somebody was like, oh, sir, actually, no. Did you not? He, got he, cut. he was like, what? Screw that. Start with episode two and then go straight to episode six. I don't even care. Like, <laughs> like why else? What kind of George Lucas bullshit is that? We're going to start at four, five, six, and then go back to one, two, three, and then, I don't know, make a cartoon series in between all of it and see what happens, and then we'll release a random movie at some point. Ah, We're going to make a shit ton of money. I don't understand why they... Okay, so... Now, hang on. The next question is, should we watch it in that order? No. (laughs) No. Should should we watch watch it it the way it was intended by the creator? (laughs) Okay. I posted this question on on Reddit, Josh. I actually posted, I worded it poorly. What I was trying to ask was, mm-hmm. when you're watching through with somebody for their first time, what episode can you not wait to get to? What are you like, oh, I can't wait till we get to this one so that they you know, can see my favorite episode, right? Yeah. But the way I, I worded it made it sound like, if you're getting somebody to watch this show for the first time, what episode should you start with? And everybody was like, you stupid idiot. Of course you start with the first episode. What is wrong with you? Who would do that to somebody? If you have the option, why would you? And I was like, not not what I was asking. That's not, everybody calm down. Like, But they all echoed Ricky's sentiments. They were like, you, you must go in the order the creator intended. Like, this is the only way to. And I'm like, okay, all right, you guys. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ask that. Sounds like people yes, are let's, passionate. Let's yes. that. Yeah. Uh, to answer That's, that question you posed on yeah. Reddit, Janestown. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so I don't know what you're talking about. And but... that's the second one, right? <laughs> no, no, that, I, no. The second one is train job. Oh, okay. okay. Train job. Yeah. So right. the other answer I got a lot, Ricky, was out of gas. Everybody's like, just start them without a gas and then don't even show them the rest. And I was like, I, I might do that. But um, so, okay. What I'm we normally confused. do here. <laughs> yes. Okay. Joss, Joss Whedon's sci fi baby got screwed by the network. And that is a well known story. And we could probably do a whole podcast just about that. 
But instead of doing that, let's just pepper and sprinkle our salt in. That wasn't a great <laughs> pun, but let's just sprinkle our salt in as we go, as opposed to mostly talking about that. Um, let's start like we normally do with just a quick recap of the plot of this episode so that we can talk about it at will and that nobody feels like they're jumping ahead or falling behind or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, also, um, no spoilers, by the way, in the comments. Uh, Kylie and I have never seen this, so please, no spoilers. If if we're talking oh. about something that connects later on and it like is one of your favorite parts, just don't spoil it for us because we would love to watch this the way right. the creators intended. No spoilers on the twenty-year-old yeah, show. <laughs> did you hear? Please, please. Which did is funny because I've the... never been spoiled of, of the show. I don't know anyone that dies. Uh, yeah, I don't I know, know anything nothing. about yeah. it. So that's the thing is it's so self-contained because there was only the one season and a movie, and then there was like <laughs> just everybody just has this one thing to continuously rewatch and redigest and things like that. So, um, yeah, if you couldn't tell. From the theme song of this podcast, we are very serious about this show. So do not ruin this for Josh or Kylie. I yeah. will have a problem. And you know what? We'll just kind of do the show even if you do. We'll do the show even if you do. But we'll make fun of you the whole time. Yeah, right. we'll definitely call you out <laughs> the, the rest of the show. That does not give you free will to spoil it because you want to, you know, be called out on the right. show or something. Obviously. But like. <laughs> Don't worry, Josh. I'll ha I handle all the social media for this show, so I'll be able to filter most of that stuff for you. Perfect. Hopefully. And I and I posted in the comments. Please, no spoilers. <clears throat> I mean, like Ricky said, it is a twenty-year-old show, and like, fuck me, right? Because, <laughs> but well, it would be nice I mean, to not know, have any spoilers. And normally, I would be the first person to agree with that, and I think you know that. But yeah. in this instance, I think I think it's I think it's a fair thing to ask. Um, so oh, and also, just by we, the way, we're not gonna watch episodes out of order. Like we're gonna like today we watch the first episode. Next week we'll watch right. the next one. We're gonna do it weekly every Friday. So we're surprised every single week. Um, and it'll yeah. be like they're watching it on TV, except right. correctly, which none of us ever got the chance to mm. do. If anybody gets mad at you guys and spoils this, it'll be out of pure Spite. angry <laughs> jealousy <laughs> over you getting to experience this as children, essentially. Yeah. So. Yeah, which you know, right. I'm, I'm um, totally okay with that. But yes, please. I'm, I'm so excited. Like, I'm really excited. I can't even tell you guys. Like, I almost <laughs> never get to share something new with Josh that he's never seen, and I'm still not because this is an old thing that he's never seen. But still, <laughs> um, sorry. Quick Nick. recap. This is professionally written. I just want to point out, like, this recap um, is straight from Wikipedia. Oh God, Jesse, so if you have any recaps. issues with it? Like, if you have any issues with this, go to Wikipedia and donate money. Because they're <coughs> probably worth it. Um, <coughs> so, episode one, Serenity, as the creator intended. Captain Malcolm Mal Reynolds and his crew aboard Serenity illegally salvage goods from a derelict ship because the goods are marked by the Alliance and an Alliance ship spotted an obsolete Firefly-class freighter leaving the scene. Mal's fence, Badger, refuses to handle the goods. So, Mal has to sell elsewhere. To make extra money, the crew picks up passengers in the form of Shepard Book, Simon Tam, and Lawrence Dobson. En route to the new buyer, Patience, Dobson turns out to be an undercover Alliance agent <coughs> tracking Simon. <coughs> Dobson attempts to arrest Simon, but is taken prisoner. Simon reveals that his genius sister, River Tam, hidden in his luggage, was experimented on by the Alliance, and that she is trying to and he is trying to smuggle her to safety. Patience tries to rob Mal, but he takes the payment after a shootout. Lawrence escapes <coughs> and holds River hostage, but Mal shoots him and offers River and Simon haven aboard Serenity. 
So I'm going to take this opportunity to say, please, if you're on Instagram, go and follow the Sudden But Inevitable podcast, at Sudden But Inevitable podcast. What we're doing is postcards from every planet that they visit in the show every day. And if they're not visiting a planet, there'll be some other kind of daily goodie for you to get there. Just trust me, it's wonderful. You know, and I meant to put that up on the stream today. I will absolutely have those postcards ready on the stream next week so we can show the postcards. Not a problem at all. You can find them here on the Facebook. You can find them on that Instagram. All of this stuff is going to be at twistmyarmpodcast.com, just like all of our other shows. Um, easiest way to find it is Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just look for my name, Josh's name, Ricky's name, or Sudden But Inevitable. We'll pop up. So, now that we have that out of the way, let's right. start the discussion of this freaking TV show. <laughs> and because I am just ugh, brimming with excitement, I'm going to make Josh and Kylie talk first. Because you guys know me. I could just, I could do this show by myself if I had to. I don't want to, but I could. So, Josh and Kylie, go. So, the first thing I want to say about this show, that's how fucking space should sound. That's (laughs) the first thing that I want to say. Every sci-fi show should take note because that is how space should sound. Like nothing. 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 There's no sound. You don't hear the engines. You don't hear the explosions. You no, don't hear and anything. and and I noticed that immediately because I I always I always hate that when there's sound in space. I know I'm a Star Wars fan, but like, so the like, sounds of like you hate the ships flying. The yeah, yeah, like, exactly. You're like that wouldn't happen. <laughs> exactly, and like even fire in space wouldn't really happen. But like, sure, lack of oxygen. Yeah, the okay. and I and I loved the the first time you actually hear the ship on a planet because. Yeah. They go into an atmosphere and you get to hear the like kind of sounds like a pod racer a little bit, which I really liked. Um, but no, the steampunk almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just I really liked that. The uh, skipping the war part of it, which in my notes, I have wait, what war was that? Yeah. But <laughs> but but a perfect setup, right? They give right. you like, look, there was a war. He was in it. He lost. And now Moving everybody on. speaks Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I'm totally okay with that too because that's very futuristic of like like w- in the it's, future on earth world people would would yeah. you know come together you would think yeah. and share each other's languages and stuff. So yeah, that was probably my number one question. Another big well, part of like that most... is they speak English and they speak Chinese, which are two of the powerhouse uh global powers right. right now and if things were right. to continue that way there's a good chance that that would be the last sense. two countries that are independent right. of yeah. each other and just before we go any further and people assume that we're all just a bunch of ignorant douchebags because i mean we are but we're not completely <laughs> ignorant <laughs> they actually speak mandarin yes thank which you is the specific okay yeah Chinese that they My speak bad. and there's there's a really really cool if you go to the firefly wiki which I mean, you could spend hours there, but if you go there, they have at the end of every episode article just a list of Mandarin translations of everything that gets said in every episode. And I I was actually watching uh, the director commentary today, and apparently the the actors did not like having to memorize the Chinese words because it was so (laughs) difficult for them. Like whole whole phrases in Chinese. I... 
I actually put down in my notes, um, and I don't know how to say this name. Is it Alan Tudyk or Tudyk? Tudyk. Uh, I think it's, it's Tudyk. I thought he was Alan I think Three it's Dick. <laughs> <laughs> because he's yeah. All right, you know what? Jesus. You know what, Ricky? I'm, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you maybe two more of those for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> okay. okay, it's yeah. good to. Live I was just gonna. I was just gonna allow him to have some straight up FaceTime for that joke because that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not that it's a bad joke; it's that it's right there that, ever, and it's for out for the taking. It's, it's just <laughs> and I took joke. it. Look, man, it's okay. I didn't even I, think I about still, that because know. I don't think about dicks all the time. So <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure you don't. Anyways, I did put in my notes with the language thing <clears throat> that Alan Tudyk is really good at speaking Mandarin while conveying English with his eyes. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. The dude is masterful. Like, what else he is, is he arguing from? with her about? Oh, dude, he was K two S O in Star Wars That's Rogue right. One. That's okay. Um, yep, yep. But he's also been in like a million things. Like, he's been in. I think he's been in everything Joss Whedon never made. Um, he was the like CIA slash FBI guy in one of the Transformers movies. Oh, that was like, oh, yes, the, I went to the dark place. Like the one that I remember him f- from the most, Steve the Pirate, Dodgeball. Yes. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah. he's been in, and not even he's kidding. Been in a million things. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 been in a million things. I I love him. Yeah. Um, for the start, what I wrote down for that first scene is that I get really strong Terminator vibes. Right, like mm. '80s sci-fi movie filter and like you know you're talking guys the war scene, around yeah. and lots of dirt. Yeah, that that very first setup scene. Yeah. Um, and then he gives that guy a field promotion, and you know the mm. Trekkie in me was like, "That's right, give him a field promotion. You're at ops now. Commander Tosh Yar is no more." But I, I mean, I know it's just a military thing, but for me, it's a Star Trek thing, so I really sure. like that. I also really like that they immediately established that in this show, the bad guys are called the Alliance, which is like diametrically opposed to how they do it in Star Wars, right? Where the right. good guys are the Alliance. I just thought that was a nice touch. Did you guys um, notice the Alliance ships? They looked like giant floating cities. Yes. That's exactly what I wrote. They, yeah, they I went vertical it. instead of look. horizontal like every other ship ever made. Yeah. It Which, was kind of like a that Hitchhiker's Guide that to the Galaxy sort of thing. Sorry. Come on, you guys. Put your nerd hats on. What does a ship that's more vertical than horizontal indicate about that ship? The Borg. No. It was built <laughs> no, in space. Oh. oh yeah. Sorry. Right. It I, was I, not built on a planet and launched. It was built in space. And able to f- move around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because there's no vertical limit because there's they're not held down by gravity, mm-hmm. um, which poignant. is cool because, yeah, I'm I'm like I said, it's a good nerd hat. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of get the feeling from that first scene that this is how Han Solo might be in a wartime thing. Um but Mal really... I don't like, know, man. If you scene... watch Solo, you kind of got an idea of how he is in a war, and it's not like that at all. Do you want to take a guess as to whether or not I watched Han Solo? Uh, that's why I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Josh, four months from now when we're done with this show, maybe we'll watch Han Solo. Anyways, um, <laughs> the thing about this scene is that Mal really makes you believe right along with him like he's Mm. staring into that dying man's face and he's like all we need to do is this one thing and then our angels are coming over that ridge and we are going to be singing hallelujah you just wait just watch and you're like okay the good guys are going to win that's what that's what good guys do yeah let's do this let's go win and then to have that immediate 
just absolute devastation when he goes and looks over the ridge and everything just gets glassed and he's just like oh, yeah, oh i guess young dude behind him mind. gets shot right away and you're just like yeah oh yeah it, it was very yeah very like uh rogue oney where yeah that just everything just kind of ended and you were like oh not, this is bleak n- not in a hopeless way either it just in like an abrupt realistic way like yeah you don't you don't decide when these engagements are over. They're over when somebody loses and right. you just lost. Right. So um, Ooh, that Ricky, feeling to your point of, about of losing ships, too is just terrible. Ugh. Yeah. Ricky, to your point about the ships, um, I wrote this is the first of two instances in this episode where it feels like Serenity is a rowboat and it's getting passed by a shark. Yeah. And that shark is like, do I even care about this rowboat? Maybe. I mean, I could just flip it for fun, but eh, whatever. That, uh, and I love that they call their their decoy the crybaby. Mm-hmm. The crybaby. Cry How cry. cool is that? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So good. It's it's that mix of like gritty and western and space and hard living and frontiersmanship that just permeates this whole series in such a real physical, tactile way. I think that gives it some of some of the beauty like this show feels like so close to perfect sci-fi show because it doesn't feel stilted you're not looking around going there's a set there's a set um there are a couple times when you can tell that they didn't have the set completed when they started <laughs> filming uh one of which being washed trying to hold on to a joystick that wasn't there I don't yeah know if you guys picked yeah up on i that saw show. that oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that was just like I didn't notice. Yeah. I had never seen were, that until this year, and I was like, "What? <laughs> 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 so stupid!" But it's it's it that makes it feel like Star Wars too. But like, but you know what I mean? Just like that that sense of um, realism in the fantastical things that they show you. Like this ship has weight to it. Like yeah, you can tell it's computer generated, but even for two thousand two, it's not bad. And like you feel the the weight of the space because it's just a big empty cargo warehouse like everything's made of corrugated steel and rusted dowels it's like the set and everything is just so close to perfect and i really and liked the, the gun designs too the gun oh designs gosh. um mm-hmm. that how they look 100%. so old but they're so futuristic yeah, future western yes. Um, perfect, it was perfect that, future that, western. The one like uh, what is it? The the Gatling gun mm-hmm. that oh, Nathan yeah. oh with the that he gets into with the uh, yeah, yeah he shoots down the ship like that. It had it was so nineteen whatever Vietnam War seventy nine whatever that is right very much like that but so futuristic because it just because of the little lights that that were it on the side like, of it and would like it was like if they made a sci fi movie about war in the 70s right like but it wasn't crappy (laughs) like right just realistic like the fabrication here is just it's it's amazing it's it's mind-blowing to me and and i i really think that 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 sense of truth in all the settings in this show are what give it such heart because it makes serenity the home for these characters and you feel it i mean they don't you know on star trek they're, they go to the observation lounge to have all of their high-level board meetings, and it's like, this is really cool, very executive, very professional, very buttoned down. I dig the hell out of this. 
But you know what? On Serenity, they all sit around a dinner table and look at each other and talk about their day to have their meetings of like how to survive in space. And it's yeah. like that's that's wonderfully tragic and vulnerable and beautiful and realistic and just so necessary for a group of characters that's going to be in close quarters for so much of their time. It's it's I feel like this episode is almost perfect as far as pilots go you cannot write a better setup to a series so for fox to do what they did and say you know what i'm pretty sure we can skip this and just start with them robbing a train and everyone will get it is just like oh so that's what the next episode's about (laughs) well i mean it's that's not a spoiler because it's called a train job like (laughs) but like I, it just is infuriating on a new level every time you think about it. It's like, and at why, the very beginning why? of the next episode, they basically replace this entire hour and a half long pilot with Shepard Book giving a rundown, going, "Oh yeah, that's Captain Mal. He was from the Alliance. He was, uh, sorry, he was not yeah. with the Alliance, and the Alliance destroyed him, and now he's mad at the Alliance. Train job. Here we go. It's, Hi, Alan. <laughs> it's." It's basically space, the final frontier, except here's a crew of misfits in space. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same device, but it's like, um, you don't need that in a show where you spent 90 minutes, you know, introducing all these wonderful characters and all their beautiful backstories and all of their, you know, inner workings and stuff in such an intricate, beautiful way. So was this was this made before the series came out before train job came out they just decided to put this at the end of the series yeah it was all green lit yeah this was was everything yeah this was the first one they produced wow because produced you're right this is absolutely perfect as a pilot the way they introduce all the characters the way they bring in you know the danger of space and everything like they're they really hmm. okay well i'm glad that we're watching this the right way Mm -hmm. because (laughs) I am too. It gives me some kind of vicarious joy that I never thought even possible. But like, I just, anyway, let's get back to the show. I did write in my notes, you know, this giant city ship is floating past them like a shark and they send out the crybaby and it saves their butts and they go away, but they put out the notice and everything. I did like that, you know, whatever it is, I think it's 400 or 500 years in the future. I think it's eventually established, but uh, Interpol made it. Like as an organization, way to way to go, Interpol. You guys, I mean, that's that's longer than Killing most it. agencies. I think. Like, Killing it. There's probably probably not many 500 year old agencies. No, um, I, no. I just I really like that, and you can see in that scene that the whole setup for this show is Mal having these little victories against the Alliance, and still not being able to really fully enjoy them, like because he started with this great loss like he gets away with stuff he's stealing from him he's given to the poor but he's like it's not a good life though like it's hard and it's difficult and i don't want to have to do it this way but all that's left is the sky you know it's 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 and then they get the you get the theme song <laughs> right after so that, weird. and you're like, "This is live action cowboy bebop." And I, I did want to so explode. I do want to <laughs> say like, um, in my notes before we go much farther, uh, I think the reference was very very towards uh, towards the beginning of the show. But I wrote in my notes, starting to understand your references. They said sudden but inevitable betrayal. Yeah, at some yes. point, when he was playing with the dinosaurs. Yeah. 
Yes, yes, yep. that's what it was. Um, yep. And then I want to really, and and I guess this would this would mean that it reminds me so much of Borderlands, and maybe it's because I've been playing Borderlands lately. <laughs> but even right. the music and the guns yep. and like the Western feel for it is very Borderlandsy. So I start. I kind of wonder if. Borderlands can you look up took when the, can from you look up when the first Firefly. Borderlands came out. Oh, it, it came out in like 2009. It was way after Firefly. Oh, so okay. I'm wondering if it was kind of if they used Firefly so they, as a reference point because it's so similar. So I would bet because I remember in the first Borderlands in particular, all of the guns, I think they kept doing it throughout the series, but all of the guns had like um, little references to pop culture in the flavor text in their names yes. and stuff. Yep, yep. And I, I would have no doubt that they, they were very upfront and honest about their influences, right? Like they had direct references to stuff. So if there's a Firefly named weapon somewhere in Borderlands, that wouldn't a would not surprise me, and b, I, I think that's probably po probable. Like, <laughs> well, they, Ricky's they playing it too, so uh, we'll be on the so lookout. We'll I'll definitely look out oh, for that. Excellent. I've been really I just got it for Switch and I've been that's probably why it, this show reminds me of that, but <laughs> if you get something and you recognize it, please, please send it to me in the group chat so I can put it on the Instagram. That would mm -hmm. be the perfect kind of thing oh, yeah. there. Can do for sure. So so how did you guys feel? I mean, I know that our podcast theme song is unparalleled, but how did you guys feel about the theme song for the TV show? Because it was actually <laughs> written by Joss Whedon. I think it was I performed did. by his brother Jed as well. Yep. It, well, it was the, in the version that's on the, the show, the version that's on the show is not performed by by his brother. It's performed by another musician whose name I cannot remember, and I feel really bad about. Pardon me. Uh, the vocals, anyway. <laughs> mm -hmm. the The vocals are not performed by his brother. Uh, the guitar, maybe. Um, but did that theme song, Josh and Kylie, when that hit you, were you like, okay, now my immersion is out because I thought it was like. I mean, I know it's a sci-fi western, but this is a little too modern. Or were you like, "Yeah, this fits perfectly. I'm ready to go." I don't under like I don't get the western thing. I you know I I, <laughs> I can say that I did enjoy Cowboy Bebop like growing up and stuff, and yeah. so I do see the similarities for sure. But what what's with the western thing? Is it, it do boys just like space in the west? Like it's just boy stuff or something? I don't know. <laughs> well, I think that it's a I like in this Westerns. show in particular. <laughs> You know, space is always kind of like the metaphorical West, like specifically with Star Trek, right? They say the final frontier. Like mm -hmm. they even, and Gene Roddenberry describes Star Trek as a wagon train to the stars, right? So okay. the the Western movie and TV show Blood has always been in, in our favorite space operas and our favorite sci-fi properties. Um, my guess is that it, it's, it fills a lot of the same um, like story requirements, right? Like it's a harsh environment. There are no rules. There are no laws. There's nobody there to come save you. You could be miles between towns, that kind of thing. Um, both of those things apply to the frontier on the West and in space. You know, that's fair, hard yeah. life, dirty, grungy, got a scrap to get by, that kind of thing. So I think that's why it fits so well. And this show, I feel like for for me, I mean, I'm sure it's not the first show to do it, but for me, it was the first show I encountered that was just so, like, forward with it's like we're a space show and a cowboy show. Boom. <laughs> yeah, here you go. It's like, pretty out there. Yeah, right in your face. Yeah, well, the, yeah, they were Most, very yeah. very blatant about people wearing cowboy hats and uh, who, the lady at the end. I can, I can never, Patience. I can't remember her name. Patience. What? Patience, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, Patience. the name Patience right. just screams <laughs> 1855. Yeah. I mean, yeah. love it. <laughs> like, 
I live in your little world. For, for me, Gosh. the theme song took me out of it, to be honest with you. As soon as the theme song That's played, I was like, all right, I'm going to get my coffee real quick. Uh, yeah. Right. I, I, yeah. Because like, so and it's it's not that it's a bad song. It's a it's a wonderful song. It's a fun tune and all that. But like, theme songs and TV shows to me, I I just it's I I don't like lyrics in them. It's just it's cheesy. a thing of the past. It's nineties, and that's it. Just kind of yeah. it it just and I I respect it. I get it. And back in the day, I'm sure you know. Oh, it's hard. it's really sad to say back in the back day. Back in the day. But like, <laughs> it, it it probably. For people that watch the show from the like at the very beginning, I understand why it's so special to them. But for me, right. watching it like now, I'm just like, eh, I could skip that. Right. Yeah. I sing along right. and shed a tear every time. <laughs> See, maybe once we get to the end of the season, we'll be on the same page. <laughs> yeah, maybe end, it'll be like know. it'll be like when two dudes are in a car and one of them plays like Mariah Carey. And the other one is like, Ugh, what is this? But like they they listen to it twenty times, and by the end they're both smash cut singing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it just I I wasn't the biggest. Well, and that's that's why I asked because I feel like you know not going into it with a love of that that might be a thing where you're like that's sort of jarring and two thousand y. Like, why <laughs> yeah. is this happening and it jarring in 2000 is like spot well, on yeah as a person that was uh, title to... title right there jarring in 2000 <laughs> <laughs> when i was when i was trying really struggling to watch star trek um enterprise back in the day mm. they had the same kind of thing but it was like they did this theme song with guitars and a country feel and lyrics for a freaking star wars sh or a star trek show and i was like you guys don't like if there's ever a property that doesn't need lyrics in their theme song it's star trek <laughs> like it's just like it's star wars right like that guy that did the star wars like that that's why you don't need the words because you can't make it sound not stupid <laughs> like i've so, never heard that i wouldn't hear that oh it's wonderful i wouldn't hear that yet. oh my gosh yeah so it's it, it it like like i said it reeks of the early 2000s right like yeah. there must have been some network mandate that was like you put under understandable english words in your theme song it must be catchy that's probably why like, i insist on okay. having a theme song for our shows because i'm like a child of the 90s <laughs> well on tape it's but on tv i mean even on tv now they have theme songs well a lot of them have like a theme tone, right? Well, like Mandalorian like, has or something. The like right, but thirty second it intro has, clip or whatever. But it's because it has the rich heritage of Star Wars music behind it, and it can, right. if it didn't have a theme song, people would be upset. I would be upset, and I don't even care. Like, right? I mean, so it's, the boys didn't have a theme song. The boys just like they're they're in a scene and they pan over, and it just says the boys, and then it goes to the next scene. Okay, but like like Game of Thrones. Okay, that still had a theme song. And it was oh very God. cool, and yeah. it was very successful. You know, yes. the show f fell on its face, of course, but like the theme song, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah, it's 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 yeah. Anyways, speaking no, of I, again, I I I understand <laughs> why people would love it and and enjoy it. I just for the rest of I'm the season, I'm probably it. gonna skip it. I'm not gonna hold it against you. What you should do instead is just listen to our theme song every time this show plays. <laughs> You're probably damn. right. You're probably right. Um, so speaking of 2002, um, we are in short order introduced to the character of Inara. Um, ah, Deadpool's wife. Yes. 
13, 14 year old hearts everywhere were exploding, I remember. Um, yeah, um, did you like that? Not uh, just the hearts, I think, to be considering. I was, trying to, <laughs> I was trying to be classy as oh, a Oh, sorry. Speaking of classy, <laughs> how did we all like when they blurred the camera as the man had an orgasm? Right. <laughs> it was it was an interesting like you could tell that that was a filmmaker choice where the filmmaker was like I'm a serious filmmaker. I'm I'm not, this is you know what this is a push for network TV but I'm putting it in. I don't even care. And the censors were like we don't care either. Like we, yeah. <laughs> we didn't even show anything. Like ooh, you're such an auteur. We don't care. <laughs> but but I will say pretty progressive attitude on sex work for a show <coughs> from 2002 Absolutely. to have, right? I mean, that's that's something to be... Let's not pretend that the show doesn't have its problematic areas and trust me, they're coming up, but like specifically, she, she her character is not presented as a shameful one. A lot of people deride her and make fun of her and disrespect her, but her character isn't presented as unrespectable or anything like that. She's presented as an intelligent Fully she almost human seems that's... older and kind of wise, even though she's yeah. in this very young, very beautiful body. She there's something about her personality that makes her feel older. Yeah, if she were, she was were one Star of my Trek, favorite characters in this show. Yeah. That was that was one of the hundred percent preconceived things. Is all the ladies who's ever seen Firefly that I know, everybody loves Inara. And so I, uh, I was yeah, envisioning yeah. like this, like super cool, like crime fighting, you know, something. <laughs> and turns out she's a horror, like. And so that was yeah. interesting. I can see, though, to your point, I can see why the ladies like her, though, because she is strong right. and she's smart and passionate. So um, I'm, right. I'm excited to see not, how that develops. And she's not presented as negative in any way. Like mm -mm. she's not no. doing this because it's like I couldn't do any other job. <laughs> right. Like she's she not doesn't an seem to have anything. a problem with it. That's so. what I was gonna say. She <laughs> right. does it because pff, why not? Yeah, makes she's some money. Good at it. And like uh, sure. So if this were to Ricky's point, if this were Star Wars or Star Trek, I think she probably would be like a Trill symbiont or like somebody's Jedi ghost inhabiting a younger body or something. Like there would be a backstory for why she's like so much more like on the level than everyone else she's right. like dude relax or maybe it's just that she can make money you know like the rest of them are like we have to get these smuggling jobs we gotta try really hard and she's like why don't you just get like thousands of dollars from the rich guys whenever you want it <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's that's why she's so chill is she's got money and the rest of them don't <laughs> I do want to mention um, that Inara was supposed to be played by somebody else did you guys know this I did not know this. So Who actually, Anara um, was played by Marina Basarin. Bakarin. She's also from Bacarin. Deadpool. She was um, she was the voice of Talia in some Batman movies, Batman cartoons. She's also in Destiny Two. If you knew that, I don't know if you knew that. Of course, you knew that. Uh, Josh, this whole show is in Destiny Two. Just so <laughs> you know. Okay. I'm not even making that up. Yeah, actually, I think you told me that once. But so anyway, she was originally played by Rebecca Gayhart. Um, really? Who is an old 90s actress She was an urban legend She was in Scream 2 From Dusk wow. Till Dawn Greyland Like all sorts of these old She was in Jawbreaker All these things Oh that's a good one wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, But that's she was actually -like. She was fired after one day of filming Because she didn't have enough chemistry With the rest of the cast And so Joss Whedon wow. fired her And hired um, Morena To come in and play that character instead hm. That's rough Yeah so I wonder as, if 
like you were guys saying, like you guys were saying earlier about someone like a producer's son or something that was cast and got fired. I thought that was interesting because there was someone that was cast and then got immediately fired. And Is she related to anyone? Hmm. Is she related to anyone? Rebecca Gayhart. Yeah, like any producers or something. Uh, I could. I oh. mean, I could. Anyway, I could research it really maybe. quick. I didn't. I maybe didn't. She's think a witch. That far into it. And she put. Oh, that was creepy. I said maybe she's a witch and your door opened. I was wondering. <laughs> I, I keep seeing that happen, and like I watch paranormal videos. I'm like, I wonder if like the viewers are gonna be like, guys. But no, the cats. It's are. the freaking cats. We've already, we've been through this on Quest I Me. Know, I know. But I keep seeing it open. And it totally looks haunted. It freaked my mom out because she was watching the I show, was just and I was like, "Did you guys see that?" And my mom was like, "I saw that." <laughs> yeah, I just thought maybe she was a witch and she put a curse on the show on her way out the door. But um, <laughs> one thing that I really like about this show, I appreciate that the underground right is pretty much just like regular poor people, like. <laughs> There's, it's it's just a class thing, but I, I did appreciate that illustration. Um, what did you guys think of the character of Jane? I really love Jane. I like to picture him. I had a thought. So, like, take everything that Jane says in the series, right, to Mal specifically, anything he says to Mal, and just picture it as a translation of something Chewbacca once said to Han Solo. And it makes Star mm. Wars so much better. If you assume that Chewbacca hated working with Han Solo the whole time. And every time he's like, he's like, you know, if somebody pays me enough money, I'll kill you. Right. That's that's what he's saying to Han Solo throughout the whole trilogy. You know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to start doing that now because that's, you know, that's legit. I like that. And I did like him, how he was so upfront and honest. Actually, in my notes, I have, uh, oh, what did I write down about him? Um, Oh, Jane. Definitely going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. was I wrote, I wrote for my notes. I wrote Jane Colon, such a star scream. <laughs> <laughs> one of my thing, one of my favorite things about Jane that was really a small detail is when they were all at dinner together. Everybody was using chopsticks, except Jane was using his fork with his like a fist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he had like, Very. He like a <laughs> shovel. Very neat. See, that's interesting because I noticed that uh, Kaylee was using chopsticks. I didn't notice that everybody else was too. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and he Another was just part a of savage that, about that it. meshing of the cultures thing in yep. the future. Um, yep. So, uh, speaking of Kaylee, I, I, I really love that she is simultaneously, figuratively and literally, the heart of Serenity. Like, mm-hmm. she is just the beating red, raw emotion at the center of this ship. And she's the machine that keeps it going. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's, as a person who comes from, again, mostly a Star Trek background, it's so cool to see a head engineer that's, like, a person and not, like, some weird, perfect version mm-hmm. of a somebody's picture of an engineer you know like no it's just a person who loves working on engines and making stuff go and i loved how she referenced it too she was like they talk to me and i understand them yeah Yeah. i think she's my favorite so far anyway and she wasn't even doing it in like a stupid like i speak to the machines way it was just no no i I get this like this makes sense to me like can it's like and and i actually related that a lot to music and how music makes sense yeah. to me, like how I can write, mm-hmm. like I can speak to music or whatever, and like, like I understand that language, and 
and it with her she understands the language of the ship and the mechanics and stuff and it just it made a lot of sense um just personally there because yeah it is magical when you have that thing it yeah. numbers for me there you go i speak numbers yeah there you go <laughs> which is crazy yeah. <laughs> Oof, numbers are not good for me <laughs> um for me it's being overly critical in a podcast about a show that is done airing so whether that's a show that just finished airing or finished airing 20 years ago or it doesn't matter this just that's my thing well you're old, damn good at show it podcasts so. speak to me oh thank you that's very sweet um i would like to know uh what are everybody's feelings on simon i'm i'm gonna start because i wrote, I wrote this down um i really which one was Simon's simon again sorry glasses. he's the doctor he's, he's the doctor yeah um, oh handsome guy the right, guy that looks yes, like so Ryan from The Office, but with a bigger chin. He, okay. he kind of does. I think he's better looking than Ryan from The Office, personally. Um, it's the uh, chin. Totally agree. It's the chin. <laughs> I really dig Dr. Simon's fancy glasses, is the first note that I put down. And then the second note was, I don't know if, I don't think any of you guys have watched all of Adventure Time, or maybe even any of it. <clears throat> but for anyone listening or watching who has, I theorize that because his name is Simon and he has the fancy glasses, it's possible that this is an alternate reality version of Simon Petrikov from Adventure Time. <laughs> That's for me and like three other people. So let's go ahead and move on. Josh and Kylie, what did you <laughs> think of Simon? <laughs> well, the foreshadowing was strong with him um, at the very beginning. Mm when yeah. they're bringing on the cargo and he's like, oh, be careful with that. And you're like, oh, great. Uh, Something's in there. <laughs> I was, like I said, I watched the director commentary and one of the things that the network screwed up and there was a lot of griping in the commentary of how <laughs> the network tried to oh, force man, their way awesome. in. Uh, they didn't like how uh, Mal and his team were like kind of perpetual losers. They wanted stronger protagonists that were always winning versus always losing. But on this scene... Uh, there was that big box that was being brought in with Simon and it's always like what's in this box is Simon good is Simon bad what are we doing with him but the network aired commercials where they opened that box and River came out and started interacting with Simon and it pretty much ruined that entire setup so what? instead of us wondering is the FBI agent bad he can't be bad he's a, he's part of the law is Simon bad uh, is Shepard Book all that he s says he is? They spoiled that whole thing right in the middle of it with commercials. So is it really all that bad that Disney bought Fox? <laughs> here's the thing. I mean, here's the here's the thing. God, let's the just, decisions. Let's take a <laughs> let's take a very small moment to talk about this because again, we could do a whole show <sighs> about just that topic right there. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I'm gonna say this one time this episode, and we can mention it once per episode if you want. There is no way anybody, anybody makes a new Firefly in any capacity that even approaches the originality or the feel or the chemistry or the quality of the original, unless it's Joss Whedon. And it's going to happen anytime soon because he's kind of persona non grata in Hollywood right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. He's kind of, yeah, people are upset with him. But uh, yeah. he'd probably, I mean, look, for the right price, I'm sure he would. And I've heard that Disney has looked or is looking into, like, rebooting it. Not rebooting. Of course they are. It, it, would, it would make them a lot of money really quickly for not very much effort, I think. 
Sounds yeah. like Disney. Did you guys? <laughs> here's here's a qu- here's another question about Kaylee. Did you guys feel like oh that hits hard? That really hits hard, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> with the with the actor that plays Kaylee, and and we can move on after this. Um, but did you get the sense from some of the shots that maybe Joss Whedon kind of had a thing for that? You mean actress? when he was focusing like, on her feet? Yeah, like, <laughs> is that a Quentin Tarantino style? Uh, like, well, if we look at Joss creep? Whedon, remember how he dressed, uh, dressed up Buffy Summers? I can't remember the act, Sarah Michelle Gellar. She was like right. 16, 17 years old, and he's putting short skirts. That's and true. He did some long slits. Yeah. yeah, he did some questionable things with Sarah Michelle Gellar. As much as I love Buffy, hmm. it's yeah. it can be creepy. Huh. <laughs> Why you I guess I didn't notice that. I guess, we... I, guess I, I guess I didn't notice the foot thing. I, I did, yeah, is, I didn't notice uh, that about Kaylee. Josh has never seen a foot. Like, anytime somebody takes a sock off, he just sees, like, nothing. It's like a he sees right it, through it. It pretty much just disappears. Like, that's crazy. It's, yeah. It's very strange. Even my own feet. feet. Yeah. Even my own feet, when I look down, it just looks like little nubs. It's really strange. <laughs> I don't know what this joke is, but thank you so much for playing along with that, Josh. <laughs> I have no idea what, like what that was yeah, supposed I was to be, like, but I, I appreciate it What is this about? <laughs> so anyways. Five years uh, and I had no idea. He had an issue. <laughs> so did you guys feel that, okay, fast forward, right? Did you feel that when Mal gets upset with Jane for crossing the line verbally with Inara, did you feel like that was hypocritical? Or did you feel like it did a good job of setting up his difference there like he's like i don't respect what you do but i still respect you so when people disrespect you i get mad but if they were to say like hey being a whore isn't respectable i'd be okay with it because he's like already kind of put put because he's harping well he's harping on her in his place uh that's what i'm saying the dinner scene though when he he started talking shit and he was like you better leave this table oh because he was talking about kaylee yeah and that yeah but it was like but that was my point though is like mal was kind of talking about um inara he was like you know he like he basically talks down to her a lot but then when jane did it he was like hey that's a line you need to stop and he was like and and then he defends her and then he defends kaylee so like did that feel hypocritical to you or did was it clear that he had like a conceptual difference Uh, between the two? i feel like that's that's kind of a thing like with kylie and i when i give kylie shit you know, I, I, I give Kylie shit. She gives me shit. But the second someone else gives Kylie shit. Mm-mm. Yeah. Gotcha. I think it was a little bit hypocritical of Mal, but I think he's confused about his feelings for her in general. So well, he, that, I think sense. he I think he likes her and, and in, that, in a way. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is like, it seems like something they've got some sort of past. And yeah. um, whereas Kaylee, though, like is like, again, the heart. And she's all sweet and innocent. He's all talking nasty stuff about her whereas Inara is right. used to stuff like that so I think and they not, did not that it was okay good, but <laughs> right I think they did a pretty good job of making you feel uncomfortable with what Jane was saying without actually using like any bad words or like totally well-known words it was like oh my gosh that was very graphic even though he didn't say any <laughs> well bad he words. said she was like, getting getting all lubed up yeah. and I was like oh, yeah. um okay that's pretty it's like you're getting away with this on Fox in 2002 they said they said some I mean, funny things like humped 
we're about to get humped. Yeah, yeah there was some <laughs> funny humped, right? w- words. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they so and okay, so we'll talk about it, right? How clever that they say Goram, right, to get away with all of their swearing, or they'll swear in Mandarin instead of yeah. swearing in English. And she's like, Serenity, not Feu. And he's like, What? And she's like, You said Feu. And I was like, What are they saying? As I turn on the subtitles, like, oh, it's it's Mandarin. Okay, I get, like I don't speak Mandarin. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that pretty much immediately because I I watched everything in subtitles. We do. And uh, gotcha. Sorry about that. No, no, it's so, <laughs> it, it's it has scarred me now when I watch it without subtitles. It, I can't. You I can't, can't do watch it right. TV. You're like, what's where is my commentary? <laughs> what are they saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but um, but immediately it tells you, you know, speaking. I think it says actually speaking Chinese. It does. So that's th- that's exactly on, what, oh, what it said, okay. and that's why I said that's that. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I d- I dig that. Um, what did you guys think of Shepard Book as the Vulcan aboard their ship? So I actually <laughs> really liked him. I think he's my second favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah. Josh had told me to uh, kind of listen to, you know, what they're saying and pick a quote that I really liked. And yeah. um, his quote is, a quote of his is one that I picked. Um, and I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with Avatar, The Last Airbender. Um, it's another big fandom, totally different um, but I started watching it again just while I work in the background. And there's mm-hmm. the cabbage guy. And so anybody who's ever watched it right. knows who the cabbage guy is, okay? I know who that is, and I haven't watched it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, the cabbage guy. And so Book, everybody kept calling him Grandpa. And he kept saying, um, I was never married. Oh, right. yes. And so yes. I just loved the, the those little kind of tiny little, what I don't know if it so, was, you call it an Easter it egg. But yeah, a little quip. Like yeah. A, I thought that was cute, so, and I was like, oh, I like this guy. <laughs> I, I saw an interesting point brought up about this, actually. So if you've ever, I mean, like, you've, you've seen it in, like, old texts and old books and stuff where they'll talk about, like, you know, philosophers from the 19th century or inventors or chemists and stuff. They're like, he lived forever in England on a castle in a hill, but he never married. You know, things like that. Um, supposedly, I guess that was, like, historical code for saying... That dude was on the down low gay, and he just couldn't tell anyone. He, sure, sure. He never married. He never married, right? Sure. So um, so I saw an interesting point brought up. Like, is that why Shepard Book says that right away to Kaylee? Because he knows that she will be immediately understanding, and she will be immediately accepting? And is that a possible you know, additional layer for that character, which I never had considered before. And now going forward, I'm going to watch the show with that thought in my head of like, I'm going to see if there's anything else that points to that or if that's just somebody really latching on to that phrase and hoping that that's what it means. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. I uh, I didn't even think about that. Um, it is sad that Ron Glass actually passed away four years ago. So if they were to make it on Firefly... Sad. Um, yeah. He would not partake in that. Gosh, he's an adorable man. He, he is. He's so he cute. He's wonderful. <laughs> and so sweet. And and I mean, like like we said, Kaylee is definitely the heart of this ship. But Book is like Moral. the left ventricle or something, mm-hmm. right? Totally. Like he's the. <laughs> I he's did the, or, yeah, really. Ricky, Ricky's right. He's the he's the soul. Ricky's Ricky's got it. I really <laughs> enjoyed the his breakdown at the end, when he's like, "I don't think I got on the right ship." Yeah. yeah. Um, sudden, I think sudden shaken faith, and he's questioning yeah. his path for a minute. He just helped I, get yeah. an agent killed. He right, and I, I really like the humanity in that. 
where he's like, mm-hmm. I've been this shepherd or, you know, whatever for so long. Um, and I, I've thought this, this one way. And two days after I leave, I realize that everything is so much different than what I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And in a way, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. Like a lot of people that maybe live with, with their parents for too long and don't get out of their cage or people that are yeah. sheltered for too long. And then, you know, once they go to college, they realize, oh, my God, there's a whole other world out there. And mm-hmm. I, I think that was kind of kind of cool to see him be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I also think it was almost kind of biblical that he humbled himself enough to bring that vulnerable side to a whore, too. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, mm. I, th- I thought that that was kind of a big deal. So For sure. Well, and he, and to go ask for her forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, to be, to go in there and specifically be like, you know what? I My bad. I was nothing but hypocritical. Like, that's the exact opposite of who I'm supposed to be, and I apologize for that. That was right. really, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything other than that was a beautiful thing to see in any media, especially right now for me. Um, yeah, I love when that that agent is like, okay, hands up, I'm an agent. You guys are bound by law to do thing, thing, or thing. I love the term bound by law. Like, yep, I'm I'm gonna start telling people that they're bound by law. The other <laughs> note that I put right there because because they right after that they decide okay we're not gonna just do what he says we're gonna take off right so they ask somebody looks to um gina torres character um zoe and they say what are what are we doing or like what's the plan or something and her voice is just beautifully inspiring and like captivating and emotional and ethereal and she says two words she says we're running and when she said that like even right now i have goosebumps just remembering (laughs) it but when she said it i i immediately teared up i was like this is a woman who is not afraid to do what she has to do and you know spends a lot of her life putting up with the blowback from other people's decisions but she's doing it for people that she cares about because she knows that if she didn't put up with that blowback, none of those people would make it. So she's that look on her face and just that resignation to the hard life when she says we're running is just so emotive (laughs) and illustrative of that moment. It's, it's, it's a thing that I don't see in a lot of media period, but to see it in a, freaking space western tv show on fox in 2002 are you kidding Mm -hmm. me this is like gold standard level acting right here in and it's i'm i'm in love with this show i'm so happy that we're doing this show well i think it really attests to joss whedon and the way that he the, the filmmaker that he is um, the way he, he writes chemistry and dialogue is and, just amazing. And the actors and the actresses that he hires, like the people that he brings yeah. in to do these shows. I mean, for instance, Rebecca Gayhart was fired a day after shooting because he didn't like the chemistry. Like, imagine yeah. if it was not the the actress that plays Inara. If it was a different person, right. that it would it, w- it would be a completely different show. It's inconceivable. Inconceivable. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I. I really enjoy how Joss can take these no-name characters and really make you love them. 
really make yeah. you care about who they are. I, I mean, they're not no name, I guess. And even back in 2002, they, they still were fairly renowned actors and stuff. But like, yeah. I, mean, I mean, they weren't they weren't out of nowhere, but they, none of them were huge. That's right? yeah, that's like, true. But I mean, then you look at like Marvel and stuff and all the things that he did with those actors. Right. You know, he basically resurrected uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s career. I mean, John Favreau did that. Sorry, but like Joss Whedon right, but took those characters you watch and the, made them. You watch that original Avengers movie where it's all of those super famous people on the screen at the same time. You can see Joss's penchant for chemistry and managing huge egos and getting people to work together and and Absolutely. understanding and at a glance it. how those people fit together. Yeah, and you, it's, and you it's, can tell that everyone enjoys doing this show. Like, even though they're not holding onto an imaginary joystick or they're pulling off the the ridiculous cabinet on the wall of the ship that is just held there by a piece of duct tape. Like, I mean, you can tell that they're just having a good time. That was and, yeah. That was a big theme on the commentary. Is they just kept talking about, oh, we had so much fun this day. This day yeah. was so <laughs> much fun. This was a great shoot. Oh, man. And I think I that that comes out in not just filmmaking, but in any work. If you're not having a good time, then the yeah. product isn't going to be very good. I mean, you can see that in Justice League or Fantastic Four or like any of those other shit movies. People weren't doing it for fun. They were doing it for a paycheck. Yeah. And like... That, that's I don't know. I, I already love this show your, because of that. So, whatever your gaming console is, go look at the online storefront for that right now, and look at how many games are for sale that you would never consider purchasing. Like <laughs> that, that like crapping out whatever will make a dollar is pervasive in every single industry. Yeah, and like it's just it's yeah I hate it, but it's it. This is an awesome breath of fresh, breath of fresh air. You're totally right about that. Yeah. Um. I really like that Mal like attempts to put his foot down with the crew. He's like, "Here's the plan," and like everybody is like, mm, "Let's not do that." And he's like, "This isn't a democracy." And they're like, "Okay, but let's talk about it." <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I really love that that dynamic of it, it's like flying with your family, right? Yeah. Like this is my ship. You, yeah. Okay, yeah. but like. Yeah. We're still going to talk about it. <laughs> You're like, look, family, I'm just trying to do what's best for you. And they're like, yeah, I know that. But we have better ideas about what that is. And you're like, Ugh. Yeah, it's it. I, I love the dynamic of everybody on this show. Um, for you guys, I for me, I wrote down the Reavers immediately felt like a threat, like just oh. from the name, even before Zoe explains it all. Did you guys get that as yes. first timers? Mm -hmm. uh, Jane, yeah. who's the biggest badass of the show, he's going to fight everybody. They say Reavers, and Jane just he immediately, his, his face drops. He goes, uh-uh, I ain't dealing with Reavers. No rotten way. That's yep. true. I didn't even consider that. Josh, Kylie, did you guys get that right away as first-timers? Like, okay, oh, yeah. this is a problem. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was very uh, very Romulan. Um, yeah. Very like, oh, my God, it's the Romulans? No, no, no. We, we need to get the – we need to just get out of here. Right. <laughs> this is a this is a name that doesn't sound pleasant. Yeah, uh, I did <laughs> like the some... did like the fly casual moment as well. Yeah, when they uh, <laughs> when they're trying yeah. to avoid mm -hmm. the ship, and you can just you can just yeah, you can just hear Han Solo going, "I don't know, fly casual." <laughs> yep, <laughs> I wrote that. this is the <laughs> second shark passing their mm -hmm. rowboat in the yeah. water. Yeah, there you go. 
and this okay. one felt even more shark-like. Like their ship is actually kind of shaped. Yes. This like was a, the great like white shark. shark. Yeah. The last one was like a um, tiger shark or whatever. This one was the great white. I love that the, he explains, okay, we're going to go into Atmo, right, so that we can do this maneuver and get away from these guys or whatever it is. And the way that he says, uh, you know, until I see you on the planet, bye, he says, see ya in the world. Oh, yeah. Like such a tiny little a piece <laughs> of dialogue that's this big, this big. And it just establishes this whole universe of like, just, just how people live here, man. They go in and out of worlds. They don't care. One world's the same as the other. It's just another town. It's just another saloon to walk through and push the doors aside. I j it's just such a beautiful little piece of world building in like a three, four, five little word sentence. So freaking well done. Um, I'm a big fan of those small details, uh, especially in space shows like this, because when they're going to different planets and someone says they're going to take over the world or something, right? it just, yeah. you're like, eh, you didn't <laughs> really think that one through. Yeah. Like, and, eh. and I love that they're sort of like, you get that for me, the scene with the Reavers is your real reminder that like, and from the theme song lyrics, right? Like Mal views space as the only free place left, right? Like you, can, you can't take the sky from me. I'll just go into the sky. I'll stay there forever. You yeah. know, it's it's space. What are you going to do? And he's even still reminded that that's not even always true in space. Like, he still gets run up on by space cops and space zombies. And, like, there's still problems. And it's like, man, you, there's nowhere that's free for you. And that's sort of tragic and awesome because it's going to make a really <laughs> awesome. great show. Um, I did really appreciate that one of them, I think it was Wash, when they get contacted by the Alliance, says, we're being hailed. I was like, oh. Yes, so Star Trek. Um, but I'm probably the only one that liked that. I like that. Uh, I did also write. Down I mean, I noticed Jane. it. I noticed the Trek right. reference there with the hailed. So I'll, I'll give you that. Right. <laughs> Which is and it's a it's subtle, but there. So I yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wrote down. I like that Jane is the smart kind of dumb, which is like he he's good enough to get you through whatever you just explained, but that's mostly it but he's not useless, right? Like, right. He's the smart kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, and he's, uh, but he only really cares about money, which is what that kind yep. of character, I'm excited to see his development through the show mm. because, like I said in my notes, dinner scene, Jane, definitely going to be a problem. I mean, I just, <laughs> I just assume that five episodes in, he's going to get paid more yeah. or something, but. I think my favorite thing about Mal as a character is that he's a very rare character in media, which is the self-aware underdog. He knows that he's the underdog in every situation that he goes yeah. into. Yeah. But he doesn't, he has confidence that he isn't. Like, he knows full well that he is, but he acts like he's confident enough that he isn't, which is different than most underdog characters, which are like, you know what, I'm going to pull this off. And he's more like, this is not pull-offable. <laughs> whatever <laughs> like which i i think that just makes the character really cool um yeah my last note on the reavers that i wrote down they even fly like they're insane like <laughs> they just go flipping into the atmosphere they're not in a straight line they're just like blah, 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 into well, the and, atmosphere. and that that chase scene at the end 
they're just like mm. it's just yeah like, it's like their engines busted and there's just smoke going everywhere and they're like we don't even care we're coming like Mad Max style like, <laughs> exactly I, I was they're surprised fully- not to see anybody hanging off the side of the ship with chains Wait, or something yes, like, and the guitar <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> On the wing, just shredding <laughs> yes. as they're chasing after. And I, since we're talking about Reavers, I think we should go back to uh, when Simon and Zoe were talking about the Reavers, and he was trying to go, you mean the Reavers from the space stories? What are they going to do to us? Right, And she right. just gets kind of dark and cold, and she goes, well, they're going to rape us to death, they are mm-hmm. going to eat our flesh, and they're going to sew our skin into their clothes. And if we're lucky, they'll do it in that order. So we <laughs> yeah. got to get away from this. Yeah. Yep. You're like, oh, yeah, Is that's dire. Very, it's okay. pretty intense, yeah. <laughs> very quick, solid establishment of that issue. They So they, like, tumble into the atmosphere in their crappy ship, and then they burn fuel to accelerate downward. That is insane to me, like... Because yeah. that means you're potentially not going to have enough fuel to get back off planet, which means your plan is to just catch this ship and, like, reeve out forever. Like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, they don't, well, they don't think it's they'd through. have a good amount of food for a little bit, I guess, but... Yeah, that's true. Um, I I really dig that um, Wash pulls, like, his cool maneuver, Crazy and then Ivan. his wife is, like, really... And then his wife is, like, really turned on by that. Yeah, like, that, was, oh, that yes. was very cute. old school... Yeah. Like, that know, was one of my top lines of the show where, yeah. where she's like, excuse me, Captain, but I need you to take the hull. I need him to get naked or something. Tear all like my clothes going to rip all my clothes yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, I need him to rip all my clothes off. And that, <laughs> I was like, oh, that was that was good. I yeah. like that. It was cute because it was, yeah. was crass, but it was cute. Yeah. Well, and she like, had just gotten shot and went through this crazy yeah. like he standoff with Precious. <laughs> That's her name, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so she gets, oh, I patience. mean, patience. patience. Yeah, patience. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't think it's precious. <laughs> You're right. It'd be funny if it was precious, though. She was precious. It's so precious. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, that that line was was pretty good for sure. Yeah, I I really like that. You know, okay, so yeah, they go to Whitefall, which is Patience's world, which you would know if you followed us on Instagram at Sudden <laughs> But Inevitable Podcast. Um, Indeed. And they they set up this standoff and then they totally just subvert that expectation. They're like, here's the standoff. Everybody's looking at each other. Here's what's going to happen. And then they're like, nah, never mind. Everybody's just going to shoot each other. <laughs> and they're gonna yeah. leave. Like, well, that was like, very, really a standoff. it was very wild west of them to be right. like, ah, fuck it. Boring conversation. Anyway, we're just going <laughs> to blast everybody. Look, yeah, I'm going to make as many I, star Wars references as I possibly can through this whole, Show. Hey, that's hey. that's good. Was to you know, I'll actually give you a Star Wars reference good right job, here man. for free, Josh. I wrote, "This show is Mad Max plus Western plus Star Wars minus George Lucas." Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. The cats are getting in a fight over here. Mom's downstairs, oh. so the cats are all over the place. <laughs> when it's just happen. me, the cats are like, "Ah, eh, fuck that guy." But when Mom's down yep. here, they're yep. everywhere. So. Um, where was I getting that? Oh, yeah. So this is basically where my notes ended because I got so um, you get like, caught up. just enthralled mm-hmm. in the yep. that last scene, that whole yeah. Wild West, you know. And, I think and I, I have, uh, let's see, three. Oh, that's not what I was talking about, the subversion of the standoff with patients. I was talking about the subversion of the standoff with the law officer. Oh, they I have thought the we whole went patience forward. thing. 
Oh my bad. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> totally time traveling through I'm this sorry podcast. About that. That's well, that's I totally. We're, we're going everywhere though. We we were talking about them why, coming down in the ship and the right. whole. Yeah, yes. that's why we give that some synopsis at the start. So yeah. we can do that. <laughs> yeah. They go down in the ship. They get away yes. from the reavers and they figure out. Okay, we got to go sell this stuff to patients. They go to patients. Patients tries to screw them. They snipe some of patients' guys. There's a gunfight. They get back in the ship only to find that oh no. The space FBI guy has River at gunpoint. What are we going to do? And you're like, okay, here comes the really cool standoff. This is going to be so cool. No, they're going to yeah. done. you. <laughs> I love and that. Just, yeah. He's like, I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> we need to get out of here. Like, And then they just throw him off the ship and go. I thought that was yeah. the best part of the show by far. That was good. That actually so had good. one of my favorite shots of the show was when they threw the lawman Ooh, nice. off. And then they came running back oh. in, and Jane and Mal had to like jump through the door, through the thing, and his yep. the oh, tails yes. of his duster were floating behind him. They yeah. actually yeah, they that was... shot that scene a couple times, and the one that they used, they sh- closed the doors early, and the guys just barely got through. So it was a little bit accidental that it looked as good as it did. Oh, that's cool. See, this is great I'm that so you're watching that the you're director watching, commentary yeah. because so I, I'm good. I'm really excited to hear more of of those things as this goes along because I love that kind I of think stuff. The last two notes that I put down were Summer Glau, who plays River Tam, obviously underrated, just in general. I mean, she's probably overrated by some people, but I think in general she's underrated. She is very expressive. Her micro expressions are just spot on like a lot of actors like when they're told okay play crazy they play it like way too insane cartoon crazy right yeah (laughs) and she has like this subtle like hurt disturbed emotional introverted thing that feels real and and it doesn't feel like she's trying to get a cheap sympathy for the character right like she's actually embodying those emotions and you really get them from her eyes and like the way that she says Simon like when she goes Simon and she's scared you're like I will kill this fictional character if they hurt her (laughs) and I know that I have nothing to do but like you get that feeling for her because she's just so emotive dude I was like really you're gonna shoot her of all people (laughs) come on man like, yeah. I have a friend like that that you're like, oh, and like, you know, Jazz, she, that yeah. the, this Kate, what's her name? Kaylee reminds me of her just kind of like very, mm-hmm. you know, she just likes everything and everyone mm-hmm. and, yeah. and just like <laughs> walking in and you're absolutely right. Like Kaylee gets shot and you're like, what the fuck? Why? Why would you do that? Oh, that was, su- that was okay. such a quick thing for you to like. Come on. Okay, so did you guys I'm, – I'm sorry. Do you guys have any other notes that you want to get to? <laughs> uh, the last note that I have is bathrooms are weird in this universe. <laughs> uh, I would say so in a small ship because they kind of have to fold back into the wall and they got to make excellent use of their quarters. I guess. I was expecting yeah. more of a, a... – what are those? Uh, an RV kind of bathroom, just like a little. Oh, like a with a with a pump that's made of plastic or something. <laughs> yeah. I like the I like an the airplane. Rugged, yeah. yeah, I like the rugged functionality of their ship. It just it's, kicks it's it. like, <laughs> yeah, but like none of the space is wasted, right? Like you gotta you've got a limited amount of room. You gotta fit everything in here. It's very practical, very utilitarian ship that like 
you know a working class guy would have i just i I love those kind of little details that they have with that yeah no it was i and the ship was very reminiscent of uh the razor crest for sure even the bathroom just how janky it was like yeah and how about like that sense of space we get inside of the ship when mal finishes going to the bathroom then all of a sudden uh wash is calling for him upstairs and they get that shot of him climbing up the ladder and you get to see yeah. down the halls and the way you get to yeah. feel the cargo hold that there's a really amazing sense of space in the ship and you can almost yeah. like i feel like if i walked into serenity right now i would know where things are because of how right. they the camera shoots everything and it shoots upstairs yeah. and it's just something really impressive that they did feels like a real space Mm -hmm. like it people live there yeah um yeah so this show has sci-fi war cowboys bandits sheriffs sex and stomach surgery all in the same episode like that's pretty good for a pilot i mean like on a checklist if you could fit all those things in and it doesn't feel forced that's pretty impressive like before I forget, too, I, I do like uh, the fact that, it, that it's not lasers. It's actual bullets right. out of these guns yes. that make laser noises. <laughs> and there's no you, you know um, I mean? medical light to wave over things and magically make them okay immediately. Right. Right. Like, right. There's no back more, to tank to go more, sit in either. It's just a... Yeah. <laughs> it's a more difficult universe. So did you... What did you think? Um, did you guys think that Kaylee was like actually in danger here, like because of the way they played it? It was definitely an emotional roller coaster. I remember her getting shot, and then you know, being like, "Oh crap, what's gonna happen?" And then um, basically, when um, <clears throat> when Mal goes and he's holding her hand, and like she falls asleep, you know, her arm yeah. goes all limp or whatever, and like, yeah. and then when he tells Simon, or Simon right, homeboy. Right. That she's dead? Yeah. I was like, she actually died? And then she totally didn't. <laughs> well, and I love that they made that a joke. And yeah. they, they're like, oh, wow, you you're like laughing. Head. Yeah. And they put I, I mean, put I, I was you, very suspect about that. And they put you, the audience because, member, in yeah. Simon's shoes, right? Like, because they have mm-hmm. Mal say it to the camera. Like, Kaylee's dead. And then they go to... Simon's reaction, which is our reaction of the audience, of like, (gasps) she was so sweet. Like, and then to smash cut to everyone else laughing, I feel like is the show's way of going, here's who we are. Get ready. Gotcha. Buckle the F up. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I did. I did really like that. Um, I I was, like I said, I was kind of suspect when he said that because I was like, wait, I thought she was fine. And now all of a sudden, like, it's just done. I don't really, maybe the doctor can help her. But then like 30, yeah, or 20 <laughs> seconds later, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, because he <laughs> runs in there and she's like, hi. Hey. And then everyone's laughing and you're like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Nathan Philly and you. So if you guys so don't have any other notes, or Ricky, if you don't have anything else you'd like to bring up, and if you do, that's totally fine. This is the time to let me know. I'd like to move to our first official Sudden But Inevitable segment, if you guys are ready. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, as you know, if you listened to or watched Quest Me, the Mandalorian Season 2 podcast from Twist My Arm, available at twistmyarm.com. 
com and wherever fine podcasts are sold. You know that we give every episode a rating from 1 to 10. And this time, we're going to keep track of those. I'm going to personally keep track of these ratings, and I'm going to use them um, to kind of see how everybody's feeling throughout the season. And we're going to put them on the Instagram. You know, this week, Josh gives this episode a 10. Kylie gives this episode a 5, that kind of a thing. Just another fun little thing to go with. Um, But because this is set in the Firefly universe, we're going to have to come up with some kind of a title for this segment and I just I can't think of one it's just that this episode the thing about this episode Ricky is that this episode is so shiny how shiny is I'm it I'm always fucking waiting for you to come up with whatever you're gonna say god damn it okay, <laughs> okay. how shiny it's is always it? worth it <laughs> well Ricky thanks for asking for me, this episode is so shiny. This episode, I'm, I'm honestly going to give it, like, I think I'm really tempted to give it a 10 just because I said it's it's like a perfect pilot. But I don't want to give it a 10 because then that indicates to Josh and Kylie that it never gets better from here on out. And that's not true at all. So I'm kind of in a difficult position. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to start out at a really, really solid 8. We're going to say... For me, this is a great episode of TV. This is a great episode of Firefly. This is a great episode of sci-fi. This is a great Western episode. This is a great episode in a lot of ways. And it's just so close to the perfect way to introduce somebody to a new franchise. And I would love to give it a perfect score. It just wouldn't really make sense from a mathematics standpoint. So I say on a scale of corpsified to shiny, this episode is an eight. What about you, Ricky? I am feeling pretty similar. I love this episode. I think it has everything you need for not only Firefly, but for the entire sci-fi genre in general. It's probably my favorite episode. And I'm going to go higher than you and go with 9.5. I can't give it a 10. I pretty much, I don't know if I'd ever give a 10 to anything because that doesn't leave room for advancement and everything can always improve. But favorite episode, 9.5. I'm digging it. All right, Josh and Kylie. What, <laughs> what did Josh and Kylie, if you guys, you can take turns in whatever order you like. Uh, what are your ratings for this week's episode? Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Go um, for it. I think, I'll, I think I'll go with a good solid eight as well. Um, very solid. No, you know, not a whole lot of qualms. Um, again, there were some things that kind of threw me off, like the heavy... Westernness, um, <laughs> and you know, and then, then it being so old, and just kind of the jokes and the way that they talked about stuff. Was You're not of, a fan of westerns, are you? Um, I, it's not that I don't like them. I, I she likes know. Red Dead Redemption. Well, she gave the episode. Well, I like eight. dances with it. wolves. I mean, <laughs> I like western stuff. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm gonna say it's all at eight. Yeah, I like mm. Western stuff. I just don't know why you guys do. You're just a bunch of nerds. Well, no, I just I just think that the whole just like with Cowboy Bebop, like the whole space cowboy thing is just totally get it. Interesting, but you know, yes. I was like, you know, it's like dinosaurs. Boys like that stuff. I don't know. <laughs> this episode had dinosaurs too. It did. It did have dinosaurs. It, it had, like I said, everything you could possibly want in an episode of TV. Josh, where did you land on your? Episode rating out of ten. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with an eight point five. 
Um, I was very close to a nine. Uh, mainly because... What kept you from going to a nine? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just... I, I, it's, there's just a couple little things that took me out of it, and it's just the, the television aspect, the made-for-television yeah. thing. And it's, that makes sense. And it's only because I'm used to what we have now. I guarantee yeah. that by the end of this series, there will be an episode that I give a 10. Because I'm <laughs> I'm very much involved in this now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there will be, and I, I think believe there will be. I think eight point five for me. It's it sucked me in. Like I'm ready. I'm I'm excited for next week's episode because I, I you know I want to know what happens next. Even though it it ended fairly well. Like all right, we got our crew together. Let's go on some adventures. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that it um it, it really set up the series like you said perfectly that i am ready to watch the rest of it and i think another reason that kept me from going to a nine is because i do like it so much and i'm very nervous that i am gonna be very (laughs) heartbroken at the end and so i really i'm really like trying hard to not fall in love as hard with this show because I know it's gonna. It's Isn't gonna that hurt inevitable? Every yeah. It is yeah, sudden okay. but inevitable for sure. sure. Well, and you, you poor <laughs> tragic Star Wars fans. This is just the way that you have to like stuff. You have to like it cautiously and with walls around your heart, and it's sad. Yeah. But I understand. Yeah, Makes you sense. Hey, dude. Well, that is our first segment, and it's called "How Shiny Is It." Um. In the audio version of this podcast, this whole thing that I'm saying right now will be replaced with me going, big shout out to the following Reddit user for coming up with that name. And that user's name is WebLurker47. So thank you. I I asked some Reddit users who are Firefly fans for names for these segments because I figured they'd be better at it than I was, and they were. This other one was also named by a Redditor, and I can't remember that name. This one might have been Superb Rope. Like I said, I promise I'll put these in. And this one was indeed Superb Rope 2027, so thank you. Um, But our next segment, um, where despite the title of the segment, we discuss our favorite quotes from the episode, even if they weren't spoken by Simon Tam, this segment is called Simon Says. Mm. Thank you again, Reddit. I love you. You guys were so helpful. I posted this last night at like 1030, and people were immediately like, call it this and call it that. And I was like, oh. You guys are awesome. So thank you to the, um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Thank you to the sudden but inevitable community. You guys are super helpful. You don't exist, but you do now because I just (laughs) gave you a name. So thank you. Um, Let's go in reverse order this time. Josh and Kylie, what were your favorite quotes from this episode? Uh, Let's see. Top quote. Um, Where was it? Uh, We're too pretty. For God to let us die. That was going to be mine, too. <laughs> I've got Actually, it written down. Well, it's because R- right it's at cause the beginning, we're too pretty. <laughs> we're too pretty. <laughs> Did you? Is that yours, too, Ricky? Uh, I've got a couple of them written down, but that one definitely made the okay. <laughs> That was a good one. There's no yeah. way Ricky could pick one. <laughs> what is... So, uh, give, me, give me your next top two yeah. besides the one they had, Ricky. Uh, I thought a very poignant one was after Mal had shot the horse in front of Patience and she was pinned down. Uh, he got up and he put his gun in her face and he goes, let me be abundantly clear about this. I do a job, I get paid. And I thought that really summed up what the My show job. is about. 
I did yeah. like that too. That was one of my very. That's it was a good one. probably top five. I would say there was a lot of quotes. There's a lot of quotes. It was it's pretty good. Yeah, cool. there's a lot of <laughs> so good at dialogue. Yeah. and yeah. I'll yeah. also throw out when Mal was saying it's getting awful crowded in my skies. Yeah. I was trying mm-hmm. to think of that line earlier when we were talking about Mal going up to the skies. I was like, oh, my God, he had yep. something about that that I thought was really cool. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I love yep. that line as well. <laughs> um, for me, it's it, you can't you can't pick them. I mean, like I said, you know, like Ricky was saying, I, I wrote down 10 or 15 quotes. Um, but I I think for me. It's, it's an interaction. It's not just one quote, so I guess it's two quotes, right? But um, when Mal and Jane are talking to each other and he says, you know, price wasn't good enough, and Mal says, what happens on the day when it is? And Jane replies with, that'll be an interesting day. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> like, that's so good because there, it, there's like this, it's not, it's not a it's not a straight up rivalry with them right it's like it's almost like sibling rivalry like you can feel that there's jealousy but there's also love it's like ah, i hate that that guy is so cool and nice to me all the time and gets me work they need like, each other but they disagree with how the other one does their thing right who exactly. would those two people They're... be i was just saying it reminds me of jesse and josh oh <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, yeah, dibs, dibs, Mal. <laughs> um, Dead dibs. So. <laughs> you get to be this uh, really strong, big, handsome one. <laughs> Although I will say you, uh, you've kind of taken the Jane role in this whole uh, coup of the podcast. So just, just I saying, s- you, you've sudden, you've, you've sudden, very inevitable so. betrayal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just really quickly on that note, um, if you if you are my normal twist my arm listener or a normal quest me watcher or a normal movement listener any of those things and you are wondering what the heck is going on why is jesse in charge of this show why is josh the guest (laughs) it's because josh is the head of the twist my arm network so he's trying to pull together every show that we mentioned at the top here so he's got a lot on his plate right now and it's not that he's not going to be hosting shows anymore it's just that if josh was the only one hosting josh would not ever get to go to work or go to sleep or eat dinner or those kinds of things so oh, kylie would definitely leave me <laughs> we're gonna help him out. <laughs> we don't want that so <laughs> we're gonna help him out and we're gonna take over some shows josh is still gonna be hosting some shows there's something for everyone here on the twist my arm network if you're into marvel we got that if you're into firefly we got that if you're into video game streaming we got that if you're into local music we got that there's a lot of stuff here Go to twistmyarmpodcast.com, subscribe to whatever show you want, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash twistmyarmpodcast, follow this podcast on Instagram at suddenbutinevitablepodcast, and twistmyarmpodcast on Instagram to get all the daily content for this show, which includes the postcards from the verse, as well as, you know, some little tidbits when, you know, the crew of Serenity doesn't go visit a planet that week. Um... I don't think that I really have too much else to add for this episode outside of just, I don't know, just telling you guys, I mean, Josh, Kylie, Ricky, thank you guys so much for doing this show with me. Like, I I like to joke that I was suffering through The Mandalorian because it was a Star Wars thing, and I'm obviously a Trekkie, and 
it was a little bit true, you know, but like I loved it. It was a really good time. So just I really appreciate having the opportunity to share something with Josh. Like I said, it's hard for me to find something that's new in his eyes, something that is good that I know he's going to like and then get to share it with him. So I'm super grateful for that. And I'm really grateful that we get to share that experience with everybody by doing this podcast. I, I'm just, I'm elated and I feel like I'm nerding out too much. So somebody else talk. <laughs> no, I am. I totally agree. I'm very excited to continue the show. And I want to thank Ricky again for uh, kind of helping us along with this idea and for joining us on the adventure. Um, Anyone that wants to hear more of Ricky can go check out Best Flicks. When does that first episode air, Ricky? First, uh, first episode is airing January 31st, so a few more weeks, two more weeks. Perfect. You can uh, go like Best Flicks on any anywhere you listen to podcasts and uh, just be ready for when that episode drops. Kylie, are there any last words you wanted to say about this show at all? Um, I just thought I'm excited. I'm excited to have been invited onto this little show here. So thank you, Jesse and Josh and, and Ricky. Um, I'm just excited. It's been so long since <laughs> I've been on one. I was on the first and, you know, been, been a part been of a this while. for, you know, you know, at the beginning. But it has been a long time since I was on a show. So I yeah. am excited. It's, and going to be a, will, a regular, so. Yeah. And I will say on behalf of me and Ricky, um, uh, cause I don't want to speak for Josh. Thank you, Kylie, for joining us. And if you, the audience would like to join us next Friday, you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can do it in either of those two places, or you can email us at twistmyarmpodcast at gmail.com. You can go to twistmyarmpodcast.com and fill out the contact us form. And if you're really, really feeling talkative, you can call and leave us a voicemail at 508-93-TWIST. That's 508-938-9478. Don't worry, nobody picks up. Straight to voicemail. Now that you've got all our particulars, I think we're going to call that a show. My name is Jesse. This is my co-host. My name's... Oh, wait. Uh, I'm Josh. Kylie. <laughs> and Ricky. Say your <laughs> name, there. Ricky. <laughs> He's there. Ricky's there. I swear. There. He's there. Thank you all so and much we for have watching been, this. Yeah, we've been the sudden but inevitable rewatch. We'll see you in the world.